Congratulations, Lime Fighter. Today you had the courage to open your eyes and face another day. Welcome to Lime Voice. This show's purpose is to help you put the puzzle pieces of Lime into place. Each episode is designed to inspire, educate, and encourage you on your Lime journey to wellness. Together we will fight. Together we will heal. Together we will live. Here are your hosts, Aaron and Sarah Sanchez. Wishing your doctors could communicate and come up with a cohesive plan specific to your medical needs and genetics? At Invita Medical Center, they offer a team-style approach, giving you the opportunity to heal. In addition to a commitment of providing radical love and care for their patients, they are strategically located in sunny Arizona because Arizona offers the best integrative medical laws in the country. Call today to speak with one of their patient care coordinators. You can find them online at Invita.com. Line Voice thanks Invita Medical for the continued support. Please reach them at 1-866-830-4576. Welcome Lime Voice listeners. As always, I'm with my wonderful wife, Sarah Schlichty Sanchez. Hello. We're so happy to be here again today. So happy to be on the mic. I know it's been a little bit late in coming this month, but we are still unpacking boxes and getting organized and getting settled in. It's a lot harder than you would think it would be, isn't it? Yeah, it's taken a lot of effort. <laughs> Which you know, kind of, but yeah, a lot of effort. Yeah, it's hard work moving. But we're still alive and kicking. We're still on the mic. We will be continuing to come on the mic. And we're so happy to be coming, talking from Colorado instead of New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. We're loving the Colorado lifestyle. Yeah, we are mountain people now. Because <laughs> if you didn't know, Woodland Park is up at 9,000 feet. It's a very high elevation. Took a couple of weeks for our bodies to acclimate to this altitude even though we came from 6,500 feet but still 9,000 feet and about 30 degrees cooler which is nice I like the cool weather well today we have Mr. Adam Getty you may remember his wife Heather Getty and she came on the podcast a couple weeks ago and was a real encouragement we wanted to get Adam on and talk about caretakers and just caretaker wisdom. You know, Adam has been on the route on, on this path almost as long as me. And he's had some victories. He's, as all of us have, had some losses. And so we're just going to discuss some of the losses, the victories. And I think it'll be really helpful for you. I mean, I was encouraged in listening to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I was too. I think it's a really powerful interview because you guys address things from the caregiving perspective. And I kept pausing it when I was listening to it. I kept pausing it to kind of think about something or comment on it with Aaron as we were listening to it because you guys touch on so many aspects. It's not just financial. It's not just emotional. It's not just physical crisis that you're trying to come out of. It's all of the above. And and it's a long, it's a long journey. It is. A lot longer than I thought it would be. But from this side of the hill, from this side of the mountain, it was worth it because I still got you. So, 
Well, and it's, I just think there's a lot of wisdom in this episode because it is easier to see things in hindsight. And we talk about this all the time, but most people in your life have no concept of what chronic really means within the Lyme world. Like you're not talking about a few hard months or even usually a couple of years. That's five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years yeah. of juggling the dysfunction and the shortcomings and or the financial losses. And that takes a toll that is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a really, really excellent episode. And um, I just like it coming from a different perspective. Yeah. Hopefully for those of you who are sick, it will help you understand what your spouse or significant other is going through. And that's really the goal. And, and, and I think it'll be helpful for those that are going through as well, the, the spouse, the, the person who is healthy and trying to support. Because we can say, yeah, it's hard, but you can make it. You can do these things. So hope you enjoy it. But first, before we get to the episode, let's talk a little bit about what was going on here last week. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't heard us talk about it in past episodes, we just moved up to Woodland Park, Colorado, so that we could attend Karis Bible College. And um, it's a, the emphasis is on basically faith healing, using your faith to heal your illnesses and your diseases. And um, that's one part of it, but that's the part that initially attracted us Two, um, this college was founded by Andrew Womack, and in October 2015, I read a book he wrote called You've Already Got It, and um, we had grown up in an evangelical church, similar uh, to a Baptist or a Methodist or a Lutheran or um, churches where people believe that miracles can and do happen, but don't have any comprehension of how to bring that forth in their lives. And Andrew Womack just states in his book, he says, you've already got it. God is like the electric company. He is always on. He is always ready to heal. He is always willing to heal. We have to learn how to turn that switch on. And it resonated with us instantly because I have, through some dreams and visions, been searching for reproducible healing. I know it's out there. I know we have access to it. And everything we have learned so far um, has just confirmed that. And so... We had just gotten here a week or eight days before the conference started, but we had gone to this conference called The Healing Is Here last summer in August, and it was really really profound. It was a four-day conference. It's from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. It is exhausting. (laughs) It's a good thing they offer healing because you have to be healthy just to handle that schedule. (laughs) Yeah. And... um. You know, this is one of the reasons we we are not unpacked, but this is one of the reasons we wanted to come up here. And so we wanted to take the opportunity and actually get to go to the conference. So I invited a friend of ours from Albuquerque and um, she does not drive. She's been disabled for many years now. She has Lyme um, and so she cannot fly. And I just it was only a couple days before the conference. I'm like, hey, this might not work for you, but. Just want you to know about this. And she courageously booked a ticket on a bus. Yeah, 10-hour bus drive. Came up here. um, We scooted her back and forth to the conference, and we were there too. But one of the things that happened for her is, you know, she was in a ton of pain. She was doing what Erin calls the Lyme shuffle as she got off the bus. Yeah. Yeah. She was was 
too familiar. You know, the way she was moving, I could just tell that she was in a lot of pain. I recognize that from you, right. from Sarah, of what pain looks like and how it, your body language. And she was in a ton of pain when she first got here. Yeah. And it was really neat, you know, because we've been talking about this in bits and pieces. But when you see it really impact someone, I mean, it's impacted us on huge ways, huge levels. Four of us who have been gluten-free received instantaneous healing from food allergies. And all four of us have eaten gluten for months and months now without any repercussions. And so, like, that's just one little thing. And so we've tried to communicate some of this stuff with people who are in the same situation we are. Yeah. And she, so the first night, was it the first night or the first morning of the conference? First morning. morning. We were there. We're just, we had only been there a few minutes. And what we like about it is sometimes people have healing ministries and everybody has to go to that one individual person to receive or get healing or be prayed for. And what we have loved about Andrew Womack Ministries is that he teaches other people how to do it. He doesn't even pray with that many people anymore because he's focused on teaching people. Empowering us. Empowering them to heal themselves and to heal their neighbors and to heal their children. And the speaker that first morning called out and he said, you know, there's people in here who have shoulder pain and frozen shoulders. And this lady was praying with our friend and... I was right there. Her shoulder like popped Mm -hmm. and was perfectly fine. And she had been in a car accident and just like anyone with Lyme can't recover from a simple car accident. She was scheduled for surgery, right? Yeah, she was scheduled for surgery. She had been in a lot of pain. She hadn't been able to lift her arm up over her shoulder. And it, you know, it just been another source of pain for her. Right. And she was healed from that instantly. Yeah. And the way that touched her spirit, like you, she was just so alive. Yeah, that it's exactly right, baby. I mean, life came into her at that moment. And, and I think that she was healed from more than just the shoulder. Because, like I said, when she first got off the bus, she was doing the lime shuffle, as I call it, you know, in a lot of pain. And the parking lot from the conference center to... Oh, it, yeah. ...is, again, up at 9,000 feet. And it was a good three quarters of a mile, maybe a mile from from where the actual conference was. And, you know, when the conference lets out, they have shuttles back to the parking lot, but they're kind of full. And and she just said, hey, let's walk it. And I looked at her and said, are you sure? Like, yeah, because <laughs> we we're like, brace yourself. Like, there's still three more days. Like, don't <laughs> don't use up all your energy at once. Yeah. And we didn't take the bus again. We walked back and forth to the conference once or twice a day, you know, the whole mile. And she, she did it. She was, she was healed from head to toe. And she, I I believe that her, she was healed from Lyme this weekend. I mean, it, it was, it was amazing to see her function. She, you know, her heart got healed as well. There was, she had, she had hope. And I mean, yeah, when you are, she's single, Mm-hmm. she's disabled, she's on disability, when that is your life and the only thing you have to look forward to is, like, watching TV. Yeah, I mean, she's oh fighting my gosh. She's fighting by herself. She didn't have She didn't have the, the luxury of having a, a spouse helping her. And I know many of you are out there uh, are in the same boat where you're just, you're on your own in this whole struggle. And she was there as well. Yeah, and, and 
it just kept resonating with us because, I mean, even after the conference would end, we would talk through a lot of the stuff we've been learning over the last two years and about how important your words are and about speaking into existence what you want and not what you currently have. Mm-hmm. And it, this conference is amazing for teaching people how to get over. I mean, and there's good principles of how to heal, how to how to speak life back into your life, not be focused on the negative but and to really succeed within your sickness and get rid of your sickness there's a a, a lot of people there with the, with the fight heal mindset it's one of the things that just really resonated in fact we met another couple husband and wife yeah um, they were there with their two sons she has been sick for probably her whole adult life um but very disabled over the last few years and they we just ended up sitting next to them and um they instant connection <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Everyone who's, you know, there was about 1,700 people at this conference. Right. And we went to it last year, and it was about the same. And there are stories from all over the world. These are people who have been in our exact situations who cannot buy their way out of the illness. Mm-hmm. Whether I mean, all you have to do is read one book about, like, Allie Hilfiger to realize you cannot buy. There are going to be some people who it does not matter how much money they spend. Right. You can't buy your way out of it. And that's discouraging for people like us <laughs> yeah. who have far less disposable income. I've already spent everything we had. And, and then to hear that you can't, you know, some people are not able to buy their way out of this. They're not able to even it doesn't matter how many finances you have. It's for some it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the things she said as soon as we realized we both had Lyme. She said, we have no assets left to sell. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. There's a similar story to us. They're, they were self-employed. It made pretty good money on their own and it had drained. And, you know, when you're self-employed, if you're dealing with the sickness, you're not employed because you're not working. Yeah. And so, it, you know, you know, hearing their struggles and hearing their attitude it was really encouraging even for us to because they had that couple has the fight heal live attitude yeah she can't fly but she knew it was important to be there and so they drove 24 hours they drove over 2 days to come to this conference they were here for 5 days and then they drove 2 days home and not everyone is willing to do that or is able to do that and and i feel like our friend from albuquerque who came up she didn't have the resources, but she stepped out in faith saying like, okay, there's some level of healing up there that I don't have access to or I don't understand here. And I think she was really rewarded for it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a lot more affordable than even some treatment centers because the conference itself was free. You didn't have to pay to be part of it. And you can still receive supernatural healing. And it and it's for everyone. It's not for the special. It's not for the the super holy it's, I mean, as you talk to these people, they're, they're just as messed up as any of us. <laughs> they're, they're not Mother Teresa's. They are normal people with normal struggles and normal failures and, and, and horrible backgrounds of, of loss and of, of trauma that they've been through. But yet people are coming from all over the world. Literally, I mean, we met people from Africa, from the Netherlands. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really amazing, but there's real hope here. I mean, we cannot say enough good things about it. Yeah. Um, and even for me, like, Invita was so huge for me. And what I tell people is I felt like they're a crisis center. 
When you are in crisis, that is what I needed. I needed quick, fast health Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order to not die and in order to rise above the pain. And just not having the pain through Invita's treatment enabled me to kind of roll that extra energy into my recovery. And Invita really took me from about 5%, operating at about 5%, up to about 60 65%. And that's huge. I, yeah. I could have, because of the amount I have suffered, I could have lived that way happily for the rest of my life. And I feel like what we've learned through Andrew Womack Ministries has taken me from about 65% up to like 85 90%. I think you're selling yourself short because you're doing much better than even that. I mean, you, we just moved. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and went to an all, an all week conference, you know. Five yeah, that's eight. true. Yeah. You're doing excellent. It was so encouraging. You guys can now past conferences are available online. If you go to awmi.net, you can look up. Um, they have the free audio of the past conferences, so last year's 2016, 2015, etc. And we'll put the link on the show notes as well that we host from linevoice.com. Because, yeah, we had actually watched through two whole conferences before we ever came up for it. And, um, you know, it's just been powerful and it's changed our lives. It's part of the part of what we have learned has actually been the bridge to get us up here into Colorado. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't. Had we not learned over the last two years everything we had learned, we would not have made it up here. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So look them up. There's lots of free resources. This year's conference is available as well. Um, and you know what? Here's the thing. This is not a holy place. Like it's not s- sacred ground. You can receive the same healing through listening to the 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 past conferences to listening to other information you can receive it right at home it for us it has been really effective to be up here and to be, see other people um, receive their healing I mean at the end of this conference there's crutches on stage that nobody's using there's breathing apparatuses that are no you know that people were healed from there's there's boots there's <laughs> you, there's all sorts of medical equipment that is discarded because they're no longer needed and just being around that sort of thing is really encouraging really really encouraging so if you get a chance and you want to come out next year please make it an effort to do that it will be worth it it definitely will be worth it and every thursday they have what's called a healing is here session and they do a meeting teaching and then they have prayer ministers up and available and we came up march 31st of 2016 mm-hmm. and um But as we were leaving, I mean, we had been reading, I'd read several books by Andrew Womack. I was resonating with everything he was saying. And I knew I shouldn't have to go up to Colorado to see healing. Like, I knew that shouldn't be the case. But for some reason, like, we just weren't seeing breakthrough on Mm -hmm. our end. And so I was, you know, I told Aaron, I'm like, I don't know why we have to go up there, but we do because we need breakthrough and we need it now. Yeah. And what was interesting is when we did come up for that Thursday session, you and my dad and two of our kids came up with us. We were coming for me, essentially. I'm the one who was still operating at, you know, around 60%. And really, you were the one who healed instantly from that conference or from that session. Yeah, there was a significant heart healing that happened for me. Not, Not in that I had heart issues, but that... Uh, your soul gets damaged through all this. I mean, I, I think oh, yeah. peop- 
if you're if you're in it you understand what that means you're you're you are wounded deeply in your spirit because of it and that is a really important thing to heal from you know there's no pill that's going to cover that well there is but those just those pills just numb they don't heal you they no. only you know you can take Prozac or whatever and get a happy look on your face but that's not healing the source and i received healing at the source but i think you're right babe the the step the faith action of coming out here was part of it. It was, you know, the part we had to play into it was coming out here. The part that our friend had to come out uh, to get on that bus, that was the part she had. And she received, she got her healing. Even this couple that drove 24 hours, they that was their faith part. And it was worth it. It was worth every second, every penny that was spent to get out here. It was worth it. Yeah. So, and we're going to be talking about this all next year. Um, we have some interviews lined up. Yeah, with some of the leaders in the within this organization that know healing well, that have seen thousands and thousands of people healed. I mean, it's so it it's so routine to them that they're actually surprised when it doesn't happen. You know, for someone to come up with a broken or a, or a sickness of any sort, they prey on them and they don't receive healing. They're not instantly healed. That's surprising to them, which is, I never knew this sort of right. thing existed, but it's true. It really exists. That's one. I mean, we wanted you guys to know about this. This isn't just TV preacher, smoke and mirrors. This is real. We've experienced it. We've touched it and taste. And we just know so many people who have been in our exact situation whose lives have been restored through it. Yeah. And that's huge. Like, that's what we all need. We need healing. We need restoration. We need hope. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that comes through medical means, like a clinic like Invita, and sometimes that comes through diet and protocol. But the way we kind of looked at it is I'm like, man, do as much as you possibly can. Yeah. You can still be taking antibiotics or doing a special diet and still believing in faith that you will have healing. And so I feel like they just do an incredible job of kind of walking you through those steps. And we're going to be bringing you guys more of that information as the year unfolds because it's free. Yeah. Free healing. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting us talk to you about these things. And now that we go on to the episode with me and Mr. Adam, I hope you guys really enjoy it. It's it's really cool to do these podcasts because even when I do the interview and then I go back and listen to it, I learn so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not not through not from what I'm saying, but from what the other speaker is saying. And it's it's really good. So, you know, I know a lot of you have reached out and said, "Yeah, we listened through the podcast multiple times because right. You do. You get something new out of it. So, And we do, too. We usually listen to an episode three or four times before it gets launched. And I feel like I feel that way every time. I'm like, God, that's really interesting. That's really good. Yeah. So enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome, Lime Voice listeners. This episode is with my good friend, Mr. Adam. Adam is married to Heather Getty, and you probably heard some of her past episodes. They were awesome. But today, I just wanted to talk with Adam about the caretaker. Um, I think this is an important issue. It's one of my, been one of my passions for Lime Voice because there's two sides to this story. There's the sick person, and then there's the one that, that is hopefully still healthy, trying to manage everything, taking up the slack, being the single dad, being the single provider. 
that job is immense. It needs it needs to be addressed because it is so hard. In different ways, it is as hard as being sick. Um, there is certain things that you have to deal with. Thankfully, hopefully you're still in good mental health. You haven't had too much Lyme brain and you're not in pain. But at the same time, there's, there's some very big issues that we all had to deal with. So welcome to uh, Lyme Boys, Mr. Adam. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be on. This is designed for the guy who's going through it. You've, you've realized that your wife or a significant other is struggling. The alarm bells are going. It's time to do something. You don't know what to do. And I remember being in that situation. And I'll just give this analogy. A lot of I felt like when we were in the middle of it, it was like balancing plates, spinning plates. Every you have one on your nose, on your forehead, on your on each arm, and you're you're balancing these plates. And then your you're you've been able to keep things together up to this point, but your wife is just not getting better. Your significant other is just not getting better. And in order to deal with that, you're gonna have to let one fall in order to catch what's really important, which is that significant person's life. Okay, so one of the things I wanted to talk today, Adam, is you've gone the path, you're about four years into into knowing there was something significantly wrong with, with Heather. and Yes, yeah, seven years of illness, four years of knowing what's wrong. Right. So looking back four years ago when you're in the middle of it, I'd like to talk about what things you would have done different. Can you give me maybe just a couple of things off the top of your head, what you would have told yourself to do different at that point? I think even taking a step further back from being in the middle of it would be realizing it sooner. But I don't know if anybody can realize it sooner. It's yeah. it's it's when your wife has been sick or your, your husband has been sick for months and months and then you realize you're in crisis. Looking back, you were in crisis months and months ago. But, but identifying earlier where all of a sudden survival mode has kicked in. Most people don't realize they're in survival mode until it's way past salvageable even. Right. And we get to that point where everything in life is crisis. Most marriages are already teetering on the edge because we're not that good at marriage we don't invest in it we don't do the dates we should we don't communicate the way that we should we don't do a lot of things the way that we should and then you throw in a chronic illness that causes someone's whole person to change Mm -hmm. their ability to cope with stress their ability to communicate their their spiritual status and then it taxes your finances which is like the number one thing that kills marriages is finances and now you have all of the above crashing down on you. And what do you do? And, and so my advice would be to, to do the classic man thing is compartmentalize. Look at each one of those issues, spiritual issues, communication issues, intimacy issues, and financial issues. And like you said, you are spinning plates. And we discussed, I, I look of it at like a loose sandcastle. And yeah. you need to build the sandcastle up. And you're trying to keep this family afloat above the crashing waves And so you pile a piece of sand, a big bit of sand on top, but then something crumbles below. So you're constantly juggling priorities. And what I would say to myself is that's normal, that's okay, and there will be things that have to fall off. Primarily, you're going to have to let go of some hobbies. You're going to have to let go of any extraneous activities and and just be at peace with that. Being at peace with letting things go is hard for some people. Yeah, it really was. (laughs) I remember Um, that. (laughs) Whether it's car racing, mountain biking... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any kind of thing that's going to tax you financially really has to go. And, and you can't be bitter about that. Mm-hmm. You have to say, my my priority is the survival of my family, the success of my children in the midst of this state of survival. 
Yeah. Um, you have to learn new skills. If you don't know how to go grocery shopping, you got to learn how to go grocery shopping. If you don't know how to do laundry, you need to learn how to do laundry. Yeah. When my wife was at her sickest, she would get up about 9.30 in the morning and stumble around for about two or three hours, eat lunch, and then take a three or four hour nap and then she would stumble around with a headache and earmuffs on because she couldn't handle the noise and she'd go to bed about nine o'clock at night that left me and my oldest daughter my oldest son my middle daughter who was anywhere between uh, you know eight and eleven during this time uh, to laundry cooking clean meal plan try some homeschooling every now and again and that was extremely difficult for all of us but uh, we managed to make through so that's that's my advice to someone is to kind of reinvent yourself. You're going to have to adapt to the new normal. I know that you guys have spoken about new normal. Yeah. Um, but I would always encourage people in the midst of all that, although it is a dark time, going through sickness, especially new treatments where they might go re- relapse and mm-hmm. be sick again, where, where they're in bed like they maybe they made some improvements, but now they're trying a new treatment because they're trying to get another leg up on this disease, whatever it may be, um, is that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Right. There is, no matter how dark it gets, uh, you're not going to have to do every load of laundry for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, there are ways uh, around it. There's healing to be had and that it's it's not always going to be as difficult as it is today. That, I would also say in the midst of all that, having people tell me that it's uh, it will get better right. uh, is an encouragement to a certain extent. And then having skills to survive is good, too. You're just going to have to learn new ways of doing things. Right. I think that is important, too, because, I mean, both you and I have been involved with church and we've been active with within the church congregations. We've spoke to younger men who have ju- just gotten married. And I can just I know even you can almost tell who's going to make it because it's the couples that are willing to die to themselves to give up their own personal uh they're willing to die to themselves and give up their own personal wants and desires. Really, that is, I think, the key. If you're, I mean, yeah, if you can give up just a few things, like just start with one thing, like I'm going to serve her first. Mm-hmm. And really, that is why I think church and, and the spirituality of it, the spiritual side of this has been very important because I think it's helped us learn to serve others first. And I think you have to have that mindset when it comes to chronic illness because you have no choice. They will die without your help. They will suffer. Your family will fall apart. If if I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say, but at the same time, it is on your shoulders to make the adjustments needed. And I think if I could go back myself and tell and t- and tell me myself what I should have been doing is die to yourself quicker, give up your your desires quicker, and be willing to make the adjustments needed. So, like for me, I've never been. We were talking earlier before we started here. I've never been good at at uh, at, at bookwork. That's not my forte. Yeah. But there came, I mean, there came a point where I had to get with the program. Like just, okay, I'm going to attempt to do this right. I'm going to attempt to file these papers. And yeah, I made a lot of mistakes and I'm still dealing with some tax issues that (laughs) didn't get done quite properly. Mm -hmm. But at least instead of ignoring them, you have to move forward in them. So let's talk about... Do you remember the point where you realize that this is not just a summer flu? This is not something that's just going to get better. She's not, she's just having a spell where you had to move forward in acknowledging that this is a major thing, that this is not going to get better. I think it was a a period of time 
over the fall of 2014 where there were just a lot of tears and agony and uh, I think Heather had a hard time communicating her needs to me and I had a hard time listening mm. so it took some time and um, so there was it was a period of months where where the the longevity of it and I think uh, she had tried treating herself with diet and and that sort of thing until she finally went for testing and they said you have Lyme disease and you have these co-infections that was kind of a moment after the diagnosis where we said, oh, okay, this isn't just something we can fix solely with diet. We've got to do something different. But she had kind of roller coastered her health from 2010 to 2014, where she made changes in her diet and it really helped. So here's my observation. Okay, over the last few years, she's not felt well. She's adjusted her diet. She's felt better. We had a kid, you know, blame it on the pregnancy, blame it on the hormones. Then all of a sudden she's not feeling well again. But this time the diet changes only worked for about five or six months and then she got right. sick again. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to grasp the magnitude of it because of the roller coaster that I observed like, okay, yeah, she'll get better. We'll try something else. She'll get better. Yeah. But then when we got the diagnosis and then reading books, watching documentaries, seeing other people like you guys experience Lyme to its worst case, yeah. uh, almost being in a wheelchair or literally being in a wheelchair, right. uh, seizures, that sort of thing going, okay, that could be us if we don't figure this out sooner. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if you guys had known what it was sooner, treatment right. would have started sooner. So yeah. that would be my advice to anyone suffering chronic illness is if you're not dead certain what it is, or if you're not getting the treatment that you need and it's not getting better, do whatever it takes Mm-hmm. to get the treatment that you need, right. to figure out what you need to change. Because some people need to change their treatments. They they get the most out of whatever they're doing, and then they try something else, and then they can go to the next level and get better. And so that was hard for me to acknowledge just how bad things were because we'd gone up and down so much. Right. So to me, it was always, I, I really think my, my mindset was, I keep working, you suck it up for a couple of days while I'm gone, and, and, and you'll be okay eventually. So yeah. when we got that, that big stamp of Lyme disease, it was a little more permanent, a little bit more longer road thinking. And that yeah. was the that was probably the aha moments or months. Right. And then looking at treatment options also as we were looking at, you know, is there a place in Albuquerque that will treat this? No, not really. Kind of, sort of. Well, there's a place in Phoenix. There's a place in Washington State. There's a place in D.C. There's a place in Florida. You know, all these different options and no, they can't see you for four months. My wife says, well, I can't be sick for four more months. I need to get better. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so that was a real eye opener. For nearly two decades, Invita Medical Center has been leading the way with the latest in personalized treatment options designed for patients dealing with Lyme disease complex. At Invita Medical Center, they offer a team-style approach and the latest technology regarding treatment and testing at an unmatched, radical love and care environment for their patients. Call to speak to one of the patient care coordinators today to learn why hundreds of patients choose Invita Medical Center each year. You can find them online at Invita.com. From the creators of Lime Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a voice. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. 
you'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and a cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com. Yeah, and I think the diagnosis is so important. I think even for myself, when Sarah was already at the treatment center, when she got her diagnosis, we, we knew that she, something was up. But having that diagnosis, we talk about fight, heal, live, fighting being a mindset. Like diagnosis really helps you with the fighting mindset. Okay, here we go. This is something, it's not just like the doctors have been said, saying you're just under stress. Oh, that was infuriating. Oh, yeah. To have a doctor say, all your tests are coming back fine. Uh, let's put you on some antidepressants. Right. Really? <laughs> Thanks, doc. Or blame it on your kids because you, you have right. five kids and I have... Oh, you have six. I have kids. six. She was diagnosed when we had five. Right or, at the uh, time. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. And and for same thing for us, it's not that was not the case. We weren't struggling because we had kids. We enjoy kids. We love kids. They they're our joy. It wasn't depression because of that. I think for me too, realizing that I'm not going to be able to work my way out of this, like get another job, get, uh, you know, just bear down, get through the next moment. When, when I gave up that and decided to fight the disease by taking drastic action, like in my case, we had to, we had to choose for me to work from home. We ended up giving up a house, um, because we know, well, one, it was two story and we couldn't afford to, or Sarah couldn't go up and down the stairs. So we had to move in a, a smaller house, which essentially means we'd end up losing that house or selling the house because of those issues. And it was a great house and to downgrade, that was a hard moment for me because to give up control of everything you've been working on and working for and to lose, I mean, even to make the choice not to pay a mortgage. So like for me, that moment came, Sarah was at treatment. She was, we'd gotten her there, but I still hadn't let go of some things. I mean, paying your bills is important. It's oh, the yeah. way we grew up. You, as a, as a man, you need to be, you need to pay your bills and we, you and I both would have worked more hours to make that happen. When you're, when your significant other is in such a state that you cannot leave her home anymore alone, you can't go out and do more work. You have to choose to let it go. And that, I think those moments where you have to choose to let it go, I wish I could have got there faster. I would agree that that was something that in the hindsight and you, me, wife, are, are as couples, we've discussed it a little bit. And I think it, it wasn't that I was clueless. I've been accused of that. Yeah. But how <laughs> I, I would describe it is my priority was different and or inappropriate. So my priority was this is expensive. I need to work more. Right. That's my, my blueprint is hard work equals success. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I had to learn, which was the deepest, hardest thing to learn was um, I needed to be available emotionally for my sick wife to cope with, uh, available physically and emotionally to, for her to cope with this disease and the processes she was going through. So not just pay the bills, which was my priority to pay the bills, to pay for the $900 bottle of yellow snarf that she'd been prescribed. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> she needed me to talk with her. She needed me to encourage her. She needed me to pray with her and and just literally be here to be a buffer between my wonderful, loud children and her. <laughs> because after two or three days of me being gone, she lacked the capacity as a sick person to cope with those things. Mm-hmm. She was sick. She had the ability to cope and deal with being sick, mm-hmm. not being sick and run a family. So... Had I so one of the things is communication is that she would tell me her symptoms. She would call me. I was at work, and she would tell me I have a headache or um, I'm my neck hurts or something along those lines. Right. I'm exhausted. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Something along. She would describe things to me. Right. And what I heard was more of the same. Like, okay, yeah. well, I worked last week and you had a headache. So what different? You know, in deep in my psyche, I'm thinking, what difference does it make? I'll I'll see you in two days. I'll be home for those of you don't know I'm a firefighter I work two days on and four days off and that two days I'm I'm literally gone for 48 hours I don't I'm not home for dinner I'm not home for bedtime routine so I'm, I'm out of pocket and out of seven days I'm gone three of those um, sounds great on paper but really on those three days when I'm gone things can fall apart yeah um what we learned months and months into it, probably close to a year of, of the healing process, was I needed her to use the words, I want you to come home. Right. Because that was the trigger for me to go to get through my, I need to stay at work, I'm, I'm responsible for my shift, I don't want to let the guys down who are covering the schedule, you know, the whole nine yards, it's hard to get coverage for me when I'm gone, you know, but do I have... Uh, I have the vacation, the sick time that right. I can take by right to, to be at home with my family. And I didn't take that liberally enough the first six or eight months of it. Right. It was the second half of 2015 where I communicated my misunderstanding. And, and we got to that point where we were communicating more about her needs. And she was able to get through the fog because... There were times where she would not even know how to tell me to come home. She was so brain fogged that she was telling me her symptoms. She was telling me how she felt. And that wasn't triggering me to come home. Especially when you've heard, I mean, when you've watched her go through it for so long. Because that was my experience. By by the time I'm I'm trying to clue in... By the time that she's, see, for me, my wife was telling me, you need to come home, and I wasn't getting it. I wasn't even hearing that part, so, but it was sort of, I mean, it's kind of like the frog that gets boiled in the water, right? Yeah, because yeah. for the last six, seven years, and for in my case, Sarah, she had rough pregnancies, so basically our whole marriage, she had struggled physically. You know, each each pregnancy was this drawn out deal, and and it was hard, but we managed through it. So now we're uh, ten years into our marriage, and this has kind of been the the mode of operation, if you will, for me to to actually hear that you know what this is this is this is different. This is more. I mean, even though sh- if my wife were here now, she'd probably be glaring at me because I should have been coming home with the first kid, but right. <laughs> the first pregnancy. But at the same time. You know, we'd always been able to manage our way through it. And even I think for her, for the spouse, I think there's a point where even the spouse has to say, you know what, I can't do this. I can't make it through another day. And just like you were saying, I think it's really important for the sick person to be able to communicate in a way that says, this is different. This is, I really need this. This isn't something we're just going to be able to work our way through. And it may take multiple times. I know it did for me. Sarah had to like really get after me for me to finally listen that she's not able to handle this and it's not getting better. 
That's true. I um, I feel like I I may be in on on that bit is is all I can give is to is to encourage spouses to take a moment outside of the pain if you can do that. Yeah. Take a moment outside of the busyness of of life and and rediscover how to communicate to each other in the midst of this pain because it's different than normal life. Right. And uh, that is. That is one of the largest things I think that we learned was to go, I would say, go back and readdress communication earlier in this illness so that you're on the same page as you fight that you're heading heal, fight, live. It's a path. It's a direction. Yeah. It's a direction towards life and away from death. It's yeah. it's and all the everything that you're doing now focuses on that journey and needs to be. There are no branches. There's only tributaries. We should be building. We should be heading down the river together, not heading off in different directions. And I feel like if you're not communicating well with your spouse who's ill, communication falls apart. Everything falls apart. Yeah. And it's so hard to do because, I mean, when all the alarm bells are going off, it's not usually a good time to take a moment and just communicate. Like, that was not my first inclination to do that. Right, because we're so busy surviving. We're so right. busy going to the grocery store, getting the medications, making sure that the enemas are being taken care of. So we're cooking coffee on the stove. We're and if you have little ones, making sure they don't yeah. die. Right, you got a whole <laughs> bunch of little ones that need need priority as well. So yeah, that balancing those plates is extraordinarily difficult. And I think uh, another bit of advice I might give someone is to get a coach or a mentor that mm. has been through something similar. Right, and and it is in. Some somewhere of your place because there can be there can be people who are excellent business coaches they can be life coaches they can be physical fitness coaches but until you've tried to balance three jobs a sick wife and six kids homeschooling you don't know what I'm going through there's some universal principles of truth and all that but I would strongly encourage someone to look around and try to find somebody that's been through that ringer that you've been through yeah. and get encouragement from them every once in a while because the advice um even as you and I have talked about our different struggles, we do have different blueprints. Yeah. We have different backgrounds, different jobs, different schedules, right. and uh, different financial needs to a certain extent. And so maybe even the advice that you and I would give each other might be a little skewed by our perspective. So uh, we can always encourage each other wherever we are, and I think we've done that for each other. Yeah. But at certain circumstances, I think we've asked each other for advice and kind of shrug our shoulders and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, bud. I don't know anything about light bulbs, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Aaron used to sell light bulbs for a living. Um, or, and furniture is very different than firefighting and the schedule is different. The pay right. is different. The benefits are different. All that is perspective. You know, somebody who's, um, maybe got uh, an online business is going to have a different perspective. And that's another thing. F financially, I've had to reevaluate finances in a big mm -hmm. way. And my blueprint was, again, work more, succeed. Mm -hmm. And what th that didn't work, it created more stress. I was exhausted and I, I was emotionally unfit to manage this. I call it my circus. Right. Um, it's a great deal of fun. It's a great deal of work. Yeah. But it's sometimes chaos. And uh, I was working... Uh, part-time for an ambulance company and in the middle of this journey we took a financial planning a financial class it wasn't even financial planning it's a financial awareness class and this class kind of opened us up to um, thinking differently about money which was perfect for us because here we are in, in financial crisis in physical crisis emotional crisis uh, all of the crises 
that you can you could put them together in one spot. And the thing that helped was okay, I can outside of my own technical skill and ability, I can I can own my own business that would benefit us and allow me to be home more. Right. So I started a CPR company, and that has been immensely successful for me to be able to include my family in in that endeavor to work on my own terms to work hours that are much more agreeable to having a sick wife. I can go out, teach a class for four hours and be home for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do paperwork after everyone goes to bed. You know, that's something that I would encourage people who are who are in the midst of all this is that you need to maybe reinvent yourself. You maybe need to read a few books. Yeah. And you need to be aware that just because you've done what you're doing for five or ten years and now you have a sick wife, maybe now's the time to reevaluate the nature of what you do for a living so that you can prioritize your wife's. You know, maybe you need to go sell insurance policies because that's something that you can do from your home making phone calls. Right. Um, maybe you need to start a food truck so that you can include your family in your business. Maybe, you know, there's all kinds of things that you need yeah. to not be so stuck in what you've been doing if it's not working. If right. what you're doing isn't working, consider something different. Yeah, and that's such a hard decision, especially when you're in the midst of everything. You're essentially looking at creating a whole new career while going through this extremely difficult circumstance of chronic illness. Exactly. It's 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 a mountain. Don't get me wrong. That sounds almost insurmountable in the it midst does. of all of it. it does. But if you're thinking long term, right. what is the best thing for my family? Let's say you don't even have kids, but your wife is extremely sick. And so all you do is go to work and then and then you come home and take care of your wife. Or vice versa. Maybe maybe you're a wife and you have a sick husband. And you're trying to manage what little income he may bring in from now being sick and working part time. You got to figure out how to work from home. Right. And there are thousands of ways you can work from home, and not every one of them is going to be just for you. Right. But that would be my encouragement: is to start looking outside your normal. Yeah, because for the most part, most of the of the work the working model, if you will, is time for money. Yes. And when we're dealing, even though it sounds impossible. You have to change that. We can no longer work for time for money when your money is being, in your time is being zapped in Absolutely. a way. Now, and, and I think for, because we went through the same uh, G5T, which mm-hmm. we've talked about several times and on the air, but one of the things that really helped for both of us, if I may speak for you, is just that realizing there is other ways. Absolutely. And take some time, read some books, uh, some financial books. I think. One of the things that that financial class, even though it had nothing to do with health, I think that was one of the most healing things we could have done for ourselves. It was because it wasn't just about money. It was about mindset. Right. It was about belief systems right. that are very consistent with my spiritual beliefs about what I believe about Jesus as my Savior is what affects my behavior, is what I believe about money about my time, right. about my future, right. all those things I believe affect my behavior. Right. And if you don't believe that you can be healed, you won't. If right. you don't believe you can start over at 41 years old, you won't. Right. But if you believe that you can start a new career and figure out how to become an investor, if you the, the information is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a dream that you've been thinking about that might be more conducive to uh, working from home so that you can take care of a spouse, then expand on it, dig in, learn about it, 
Go yeah. for it. Do not hesitate. Um, have a long-term perspective. That Having a short-term perspective with chronic illness is very detrimental. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll get mired in it. You'll get depressed. You won't. You won't make it. It doesn't work. It flat out doesn't work. You have to believe that you'll get better <laughs> and you have to believe uh, that there's light at the end of the tunnel and then, then you will follow that path emotionally and physically. Another bit of, of advice that I would give someone, and I actually got got it from one of your earlier podcasts. I believe it was with the Gruders, but it might have been with, with uh, another about that time frame when mm. you interviewed them for the first time. And that would be as, as a survivor or as a, uh, as a caretaker, There, you do have to make sure that you are constantly evaluating your own mental health and that way you're not coming home good point yeah bitter right over the process and if you do need to stay keep your gym membership if you do need to to go running if you do need to take an overnight every once in a while and right. go up to the mountains and sit on a rock and absorb the sun that's a good thing but you got to communicate with your significant other what that means to you and how you will come home refreshed and more able so if you take a 15% moment away, which is difficult to do because you're 100% all in, or you should be. If you're not, you should be. You do need to take that 15% because then that will pay back dividends in your ability to stay calm, to stay loving, to stay self-sacrificing, to continue to fight the fight. But if you drain yourself completely out, then you'll become embittered. You will have no energy left. So there's there's a small amount of time I think is essential to your own well-being to set aside as long as everybody else knows what you're doing and that it's it's not going to be an entire weekend three times a, a month. You know, there's balance. Right. Absolutely. Got to find balance. But I do believe that that little bit of self-preservation will pay back dividends when you uh, are serving your family with everything you got. You got to be willing to do that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a jog, have my quiet time and pray. And when I get back to the house, I'm all in. Right. I'm helping with the dishes. I am learning new skills. I am talking with my children. Yeah. I am... I'm doing what needs to be done to make sure everybody's successful because I think sometimes we can very easily get on autopilot and still just do what we would normally do in the midst of all this and ignore everybody. That's That, that can happen. You can become a zombie when you're overwhelmed. You become uh, stuck, frozen. Overwhelmed is not where you want to be. So every once in a while, you got to reset for yourself and for the others that you're trying to serve so that you can pay attention and not be bitter. Yeah, and I think I didn't, for myself, I gave up any of that too early like it was harder for me to t give back to myself than it was to just take things for myself like I never felt like I had enough time but to take personal time for myself and I still struggle with that to today where I need to take personal time for myself to recharge my own batteries and that's not a that's not an easy thing to do it's it's there's a balance into it just like you're saying but if you don't do that if you leave it too long I've crashed. Yeah, don't want to crash. And it's 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 your, dramatic. Your significant other has no time for your crashing. Right. So whatever you need to do, whether it's counseling, coaching, meditation, almost every successful person out there has some kind of morning routine. Mm -hmm. Read a book on it, go research it, or mm -hmm. just figure out what works best for you. Getting up, the bulletproof coffee. Mine is bulletproof coffee. Drink the Plexus pink, pink drink. Yep. I, I have my quiet time, and if I can squeeze in a run, I do it. But if the kids have shown up, I, I drop the run, and I try to get up earlier the next day. Uh, yeah. I, I don't sacrifice that time very often when they're awake. Yeah. So I try to do my stuff before the circus starts. 
So let's talk about some of our failure moments. And how did we get out of those failure moments? Uh, so there's been times where, like for myself, where I didn't take care of myself and, I, and I'm and i crashing. The whole world, I mean, everybody's upset. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Do you remember, I mean, do you remember moments like that where you're just really, really struggling? Like for me, I don't know exactly what got me out of that other than, you know, a lot of a lot of it had to do with God's grace where he just allowed me to get to he gave me the thoughts I needed. He said, "Okay, shut up and listen." And I think I think for both you and I as we've been approachable, like we've listened when our wives have come and even though it may have been 10 times that they come and told us, right. we've eventually got we right. eventually got Listening, it. Listening, huge listening yeah. um, taking criticism is not commonly uh, accepted I, I take it I get grouchy when I hear it but I do I do chew on it you know I, I go mumble to myself and mutter and sputter and moan and groan and uh, I don't like hearing criticism nobody does right but I think what's been helpful for me is that I do meditate on it to find the truth in it and to try to adjust I think moments where I've lost my temper at the kids and and, and truly wrecked for the moment uh, relationships in my anger those were some aha moments like I gotta I gotta reset yeah. um, I've got to get back to my morning routine I got to make sure that God is my center because of because of the grace that is there uh, the strength the Holy Spirit moving to say the right things to do the right things to realize when they need something from you like whether it's dates with the kids um, or just simply do something fun with them when you don't feel like it mm-hmm. those are critical moments that i think you can miss if you're if you're you know, having your own pity party if you're wallowing in it and again it goes back to mindset believing that this can get better believing that the, the decisions you make today matter negative influences oh yeah big one you have to eliminate negative flu- influences uh negative influence for me in particular came in in shape of uh tv programs i was watching absolutely news i gave up news uh, about six months ago because it literally got to the point where I need to hear only good things. I mean, I acknowledge that there is still wars and tr- and rumors of wars happening. Right. But do I really have to put my emotional energy and even, I mean, every minute is precious when every you're dealing. Minute, every minute. So sitting down and watching an hour of news, talking about all the bad things that are happening with people across the pond that I can't even really do anything about. What good is that doing me? You yeah. know. When you're dealing with a chronic illness, let someone who's not dealing with chronic illness deal with that stuff. Right. Your priorities must absolutely be your own mental health and your family's health. And I would absolutely agree. And and I've had spurts where I've gotten caught up in maybe a couple of TV programs at work. I don't watch TV here at the house, period, uh, except for Flash with my... 15-year-old son. You know, that's our little bonding moment after the little kids go to bed. Nice. Watch a little Flash, some Marvel TV. Uh, but yeah, the negative things uh, on television that's commonly coming out of Hollywood is not encouraging. It's no. dark. It's evil. Uh, by any, by all stretches, even they would admit that it's dark and evil, but they think it's good entertainment. And you have to realize that it's feeding your soul. What, right. what goes in will come out, and you've got to be on your game. The yeah. books that you read, the news that you, it's depressing in a lot of ways yeah and you've got to stay away from that if you are gonna fight heal and live is you got to read encouraging books from encouraging authors you got to be around encouraging people 
So boundaries is a huge one. That who, is. Who influences you? Who are your friends? So when I go and discuss or talk with people or want to hang out with people, I want to hang out with people that have a positive outlook on life. Hey, maybe they're not dealing with chronic illness, but are they generally joyful people? I include right. those people in my circle because I want to just hear people with a positive outlook and not negative. And so we have shut out, literally closed out conversations Yep, we're not talking to you on the phone anymore. I'm hiding you on my Facebook feed. Yeah. I am, you know, I'm heavily involved in social media for business practices and because my family's on the other side of the country. But I have hidden those people that just complain. Right. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I love you. You're my friend, but you're 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 deleted. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to see people who are positive, who are building other people up, who are in the business of encouraging. Yeah. And that is a real good way to stay away from anger and bitterness is putting up boundaries. Yeah. I think for me, family members, I got big family on both sides. Sarah has a big family. I do. Um, there, there has been times where certain family members, not that they were being vindictive, malicious, even right, not, not being malicious, they not weren't. Vindictive. They just didn't understand, right. And so, you know, there was times, there has been times with friends and family where I've chosen not to discuss, not to to participate in certain things. Um, you know, with big families comes lots of big, lots of events, birthday parties every week. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Especially when you have kids. I think both you and I have discussed saying at times, there's been times in our life where we're not do, we're not having sleepovers. We're not having birthday parties. We're not taking kids to birthday parties. And it's, it's hard to do, but it wasn't forever. Right. It, Saying no is tough. Sometimes they don't understand. Well, you look fine. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Well, she looks good. Mm-hmm. I saw on Facebook that she looks good. Well, yeah. She might look good. My wife is beautiful. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but she, she may not feel like it. And if we do this thing, we won't make it to church tomorrow. Yeah. Saturday has to be a day of recovery because I've been at work for two or three days. So, right. Yeah, there's, there's a push and pull with those people who may not understand. And then I think sometimes people give you well-intentioned advice. Yes. And they're coming from a well mindset. Right. Uh, a, a sprained ankle, broken femur is different. Uh, a car accident... A trying circumstance at work, a difficult boss, mm-hmm. is a far different animal yep. than chronic illness. Yep. It's just different. So if I smile at you while you're trying to give me advice and I say thank you but don't really engage in what you're saying, you've probably told me something that is so far off base, I'm about to walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, knowing where those people are coming from, I mean, people will... G- People like to give advice and they'll sure. give you your opinion, especially family members. And there's, I, for me, that was a struggle because I wanted to, I mean, well, you're desperate for advice too. Sure, sure. You want to be encouraged. And I made some mistakes listening to people I shouldn't have when they just didn't understand. So I'd come to Sarah and I'd be like, okay, this is what we need to do. And she'd give me the, the cross-eyed, are you insane? What are you thinking? That's not going to work for us. <laughs> But knowing where those where those people are coming from is very important. I think now on this side, I and you probably would agree with this, you can kind of filter, you know when people come in where they're coming from and to be able to put the boundaries up for them. There was a book called Boundaries. Do you remember the name of it and the author? No, but I could pull it off of the bookshelf. 
I'll look it up for the show notes and add it into the... Yeah, Heather got that from your wife, and I think that was real helpful. And part of her growing from kind of a pushover, passive person um, to being able to take care of herself and uh, promote her well-being, in a sense. Not selfishly, but for her own survival. Right. To become that bigger person. That was one of the books that I think was pretty good for her. Yeah. And I don't mean boundaries like shut everybody out. Like, everybody's evil if they haven't dealt with chronic illness. It's just simply those, those... who are, are caustic or those who are neutral and not helping you just don't you don't uh, lean on their shoulders you don't cry on their shoulders they're not going to understand right yeah well i hope you guys have enjoyed and hopefully we've helped you with a few topics i think one of the things i really want to leave you guys with is just that keep fighting you keep looking for the next thing to overcome even though it's a you know give you another analogy eat an elephant one bite at a time amen we've eaten a lot of elephants one bite at a time yeah and it's it's getting books like boundaries it's getting books that are that are helpful that are building into you taking away uh, people that are not helping you taking advice from the right sources Um, those are all just really proactive things that you have to have the fighting mindset that yes we can get through this and yes i'm going to take my focus off of what I used to think was important, such as, and, and, and they are important, such as like paying your mortgage. Like the mortgage. you have to do that. But there, but even for, in my case, there was points where we missed the mortgage payments. We were looking at significant consequences yeah. and of not doing that. But the, the flip side of that coin is they, your family may die. <laughs> right. You, you have to put the absolute priority at Feeding and clothing and medicating, those are, it becomes very, very narrow focused for a time. Right. And it is just for a time. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for just being a time. Yeah. We've, it's a lot longer than you're going to want it to be. I know it was for me and it still is, but um, it was for a time and we're coming through it. And and hopefully Adam and I, who are, uh, you know, a little bit on the other side of the hill here, where Sarah's doing much better, Heather's doing much better. We've learned a ton. You and I have both learned some things that have really happened. You know, even though we're still facing, you know, we're not through this fight yet. We're still healing. Right. We're still readjusting our priorities all the time. And learning how to live with this new knowledge. Even though you're not through it, once you learn these things, you almost can't forget it. And, you know, reading, educating yourself, looking at new financial options. You know, you almost have to give up everything you knew before sickness because your job is going to have to change. Your life, is your, your hobbies are going to definitely change. Your, your personal wants and desires are going to change. But once you realize and initiate and start progressing, you'll live to see another day. You won't die. We've been there when it felt like we were going to die, but we're still here. Thankfully, being able to be behind the mic, sharing with others what we've learned. If more of you want to talk, uh, be glad to answer questions at our Facebook page, Lime Voice. Or um, you can look up our private page, which is Fight, Heal, Live. We'll ask you a few questions to be in that. And we discuss some of these issues. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Adam, for, for all your advice. And uh, You're very welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah. And you can find us also on Facebook, Adam and Heather Getty. On the Facebook page uh, is our, is our adamandheathergetty.com is our encouragement for uh, home businesses and uh, we try to put encouraging stuff on there and training and that sort of stuff yeah if nothing else just the fact that we're still standing should be testament to others that you can make it through this it it you you can do it (laughs) amen to that 
Wishing your doctors could communicate and come up with a cohesive plan specific to your medical needs and genetics? At Invita Medical Center, they offer a team-style approach, giving you the opportunity to heal. In addition to a commitment of providing radical love and care for their patients, they are strategically located in sunny Arizona because Arizona offers the best integrative medical laws in the country. Call today to speak with one of their patient care coordinators. You can find them online at Invita.com. Disease is contrary to life. Therefore, wherever disease exists, life must also fight to exist. Good job fighting, Lyme fighters. Keep it up. We'll see you next time. Lyme Voice contains general information about medical conditions and treatments. The information is not advice and should not be treated as such. Okay, Lincoln? Okay. The medical information on Lyme Voice is provided as is without any representations, warranties, expressed or implied. Okay? Okay. Lyme Voice makes no representations or warranties in relation to the medical information on this podcast. You must not rely on the information on this podcast as an alternative to medical advice from your doctor or other professional health care provider. If you have any specific questions about your medical matter, you should consult your doctor or other professional health care provider. And for you, you consult your parents, okay? Okay. If you think you may be suffering from, from any medical condition, you should seek immediate medical attention. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information on this podcast. Got it, Lincoln? Got it.